and welcome to episode 57 of Booze Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Ollie. And I'm going to give the warning right away. We have had some insane technical difficulties. Well, me at least. I've had technical difficulties all week long. Um, I'm glad. I I think I'm getting into astrology just to have something to blame it on. <laughs> because mercury is ending its retrograde i don't think that's how you say it but we're in that right now and there's a full moon on halloween we are entering taurus and i don't know what any of that means but i just know that's been fucking me up (laughs) your lash lady's been giving you all the deets huh all the deets well actually i've been on um witch talk so (laughs) i learned half of it from that and then today the other eyelash lady was like oh my god the moon and like expect the unexpected today um because there's this big shift and anything can happen so they're they were all like yeah we're just gonna stay in tonight like we don't want anything you know crazy going on I know, um, you almost cried off your new pretty lashes. I know, because it was just like, <laughs> please work. Why isn't anything working? Like, my audio wasn't working. My mic wasn't working. Um, earlier this week, I started my new job. And just... Yes. The, my audio wasn't working. Like, nothing was working. Oh, yeah. It was a nightmare. Um, but here we are. It's Halloween. We're recording on Halloween. Woohoo! It'll be past Halloween for y'all, but mm-hmm. yeah a positive outlook you got a new job so very positive yes i'm very thankful for that (laughs) that and it's halloween so no complaints i got my spooky socks on i got my boozy bears here which is um gummy bears soaked in vodka and you're wearing a ouija sweatshirt right i am wearing my ouija my salem ouija board sweater love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know if i mentioned this but um Last time you came over, if you guys don't know, Ollie brought me, like, a spooky basket, which second year in a row, I've totally dropped the ball and getting you a spooky basket. Uh, <laughs> no, you give me, like, the most wonderful gifts just because all the time. If I could just have boozy bas- boozy baskets, um, <laughs> oh, that too, <laughs> Halloween baskets as my thing, I'm completely fine with that. <laughs> um, but she got me, like, this really cute little um, Ouija crop top. And Matt was like, you're not wearing that to bed. You're going to summon demons while you're sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I do have that fear, that little fear, because I was listening to Two Girls, One Ghost. Like, I only listen to the listener stories. And um, one of them was talking about how she made her own, like, Ouija board costume. And, (laughs) like, things went weird. (laughs) Like, got weird with it. Um, But I... My planchette, there's no planchette on here. And the one that, yeah, it's on the wall right now. I was like, is it still there? <laughs> You're like, where is it? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's still there. The blue planchette. It's funny. Ooh, any uh, um, boozy news for with you? I don't have boozy news, but I have weird news. I mean, that's boozy, right? <laughs> I mean, it has to do with Subway. <laughs> totally off topic <laughs> i love subway i know that's a very unpopular opinion i have but i love so subway. i don't rem- i think it's in the uk they declared that subway's bread isn't bread it is cake because it has so much sugar in it oh my gosh <laughs> what <laughs> i knew the bread there was something weird about the bread but i didn't know it was <laughs> cake it's like i guess considered cake in the uk so yeah 
I'm like, I'm going to eat a healthy sandwich. And then I found the snooze out and I was like, wow, I'm just eating cake and meat. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I like it so much, probably. (laughs) I can't eat it anymore. Which is pretty sneaky because they probably put all the sugar to make you addicted to it. So mm-hmm. we're on to you guys. God damn it. As if, you know, it's a good day. It's all right. <laughs> As if the day wasn't going bad enough. Don't, don't jinx it. Okay. We just got the audio working. We just I, know. <laughs> I know. It's a good day. It's a fine day. It was just, just that. I just sent you a picture. I've got a uh, Halloween charcuterie board. So I told Gabriel, Gabriel picked it up. So I told him to take a picture of it before him and my friends dug into it. We'll see when I get it. See, it's the moon and the stars and the planets. I know. Inspiring to kill us. So I got up early this morning to go get the clearance Halloween, like, animatronics that they put out in, like, Home Depot (laughs) and Lowe's. Mm -hmm. And, like, I went to four different stores because, oh, I got your text message, because all of them said that they had, like, the Gravedigger in stock, which if you go to Home Depot site and you look up the Gravedigger, he looks really cool. And my theme for this year was a cemetery. So I go to the first one, none. Go to the second one, none. Go to the third one, none. Fourth one said they had... I think like foreign stock I get there none mm-hmm. so I spent like an hour driving around and no grave digger <laughs> so mm-hmm. sad I'm trying to think I'm like I'm sure there's one close to my house I could just peek in and see it's all right oh my gosh that is so cute right is that Brie I guess I so she's like it. I fucking love Brie <laughs> every time <laughs> I see uh, every time I see like little cheese boards and stuff I'm always like is it because we grew off of Lunchables? Whatever mm-hmm. that meme is that, yeah. Lunchables and um, Capri Suns. That's why we like mimosas or like Sunny mm-hmm. D. <laughs> I believe it. I used to be super against, I wouldn't say against, but it just didn't um, entice me any. Like just cheese, meat, nuts. <laughs> and now I'm all about it. I'm like, I could have that for dinner. You're all about the nuts, Ollie? I'm all about the cheese and the nuts. <laughs> now now meats gotta have the meats too (laughs) it's so good yeah that's my favorite oop my bad do you have any boozy news you're good um i should have saved that article i posted on our facebook um a few days ago but i thought I, I would just share it right away um it was an article about a skull that was on top of a mantle and the person who had the skull, I guess, just died. And then they realized that that skull belonged to someone who was mi- who had been missing. That's wild. Yeah, because we had talked about skulls on mantles a few episodes back. So I thought that was fitting. But what kind of person finds a skull and is just like, oh, you're going to go on my fireplace mantle? Who does um, that? I can't remember. I think they had killed that person. Oh, fuck. I think so. I might just be making that up, but... I'm going to say that because that's a lot cooler. <laughs> We're making up stories now here on Boo's Podcast. That's fucked up. But, I mean, they couldn't it's do anything because like <laughs> they are dead. They had died also. Yeah. Oh, and I do have um, very recent Boo's News. Um, let me pull up the text messages. It's just an everyday, like an average day, I guess. Um, this morning... I sent a text to my group, my family's group chat, and then my stepmom responded and said, your dad has to leave in a hurry. We're making breakfast, and he got a call that a rancher found a dead body, dot, dot, dot. 
And then my dad, uh, that's not public info. <laughs> Lisa, oops, I'm just telling our kids, babe, Dakota, Halloween too, pretty spooky. And then my dad texts like three hours later. He said, I just lost my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dakota asked, well, where'd y'all leave it? And he said, still with the poor guy. And then Lisa, I worked hard on that lunch. And I was like, wait, wait. So there's a random dead body on this man's ranch. Like, why are we glossing over that? Yeah, that's wild. And then all he said was yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can't just, who is, like, who is this man? Like, is it a, um, um, like, somebody who's crossing or- over? Because that happens a lot in my area. I wouldn't say a lot, yeah. but, I mean, it happens in our area. Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe someone just dumped a body there thinking it was an own land? Probably. it. Yeah, because I wanted to ask all these questions. Like, where was it found? Was it on, like, closer <laughs> to, like, the fence? Was it deeper into the land like where was it because then i mean yeah it could have been somebody who dumped it if it were closer to uh the fence mm-hmm. well maybe they don't even have a fence up in that area uh they normally do if it's somebody's land do. yeah which would be kind of smart like if you think about it if you had a body and you just dumped it over someone's fence because then all the, the suspect would them? be yeah it's on their property why do you have a dead body here, sir? Exactly. It's not mine. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> there was that. Spe- oh, wait, what? Speaking of uh, spooky Halloween stuff, Matt and I have been watching horror movies again. I saw. And, I was going to yeah, ask we, you about that. We watched Halloween, like the very, very first one. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling Matt in between, because I like to chit-chat in between movies. And I was like, I would be horrible at hiding from a serial killer because I get an upset tummy when I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just rip ass hiding. Like, (laughs) Mine needs to be a movie. (laughs) Like, in a movie. (laughs) Could you imagine? It's all quiet. And then... (laughs) (laughs) That is not the way I want to (laughs) go. How embarrassing. (laughs) I had to give Winston some pets. Cute little Winston. I don't think we've talked about Winston on the pod. Yeah, I don't think so either. Winston's my nephew. (laughs) Probably the only (laughs) nephew I will ever have. (laughs) Um, It's my brother's Persian cat who cost a pretty penny, but he got it for free, which is amazing. And he's the cutest. He's like my dream cat. He's uh, your rescue nephew. Yeah, kind of. Like, he can't go to joke, or it wasn't a joke, it was true. He's like, usually it's like a rags to riches story. Like, um, an animal comes from, like, a bad home and then goes to, like, a rich person's house. But in this case, it's opposite. He came from a rich person's house, and now he's poor. (laughs) (laughs) It's a riches to rags story. Hey, it happens. (laughs) But he's such a good cat owner. Like, he brushes him every night. And because that's his excuse to get out of things. He's like, sorry, can't. I got to brush my cat tonight. (laughs) Go do the dishes. I got to brush my cat. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I got to go to sleep. Got to brush my cat. That's so funny. (laughs) Aw. He's so good. Like, Winston doesn't do anything. Like, he runs. He runs in the morning like from dakota's room 
to my door, my uh, office door, but he just like runs once, and then you can hear him. <sighs> you can hear him like heavy breathing, <laughs> and then he'll do it again, and then he'll do it a few times until and like three times, and then that's it, and then he's done. That's his exercise. Trying to get air for... through his smushed little nose. I know, poor kitty. <laughs> But um, is that it? You ready to get into it? Because I'm excited about your topic. Oh, are you? Okay, good. Because I wasn't sure if you would be. Oh, I'm um. very excited. I had purposely not researched anything about this person because I, I knew you were going to cover it. So I know nothing. Good, good. Um, oh, shit. All my sources went put because I exited out of everything. Okay. Well... There's a kind of a funny backstory to why I chose this topic, so I don't know. I'm, I might cut this out. I might leave it. We'll see. Um, but um, my my sister-in-law is, like, feuding with her brother-in-law. Like, so her husband's brother. Her husband's brother uh-huh. lives at the house that they live in, and it's just drama all the time. Um, and his girlfriend... I guess moved in and lives there too now. And that's a full house. Yeah. With how many dogs? Four dogs on top of that. Um, Oh, fuck. No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she is just constantly, you know, super stressed out and super annoyed. Like the whole dynamic is just not a good situation. Um, (laughs) So uh, I went over for dinner the other day and my sister-in-law was like, yeah. So, you know, going through the drama as usual. And then she's like, and then I find this book laying on the couch just there in the middle of nowhere. And it's so-and-so's book. It's the girlfriend's book. And she's like, it's like the satanic something. Like, it's something satanic. Like, she left a satanic book, like, on my couch, like, in my house. And I was like, oh, the satanic Bible? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that. I was like, by Anton LaVey? And she's like, yes. (laughs) Like, that's besides the point. (laughs) she was sam has that yeah i was like oh i've been meaning to pick up a copy myself like (laughs) which doesn't help i guess because she i don't know she's always like my brother and my sister-in-law they're a little different they're just a little different which annoys the fuck out of me because i'm like what do you mean by that yeah (laughs) first of all um so yeah, she was just telling me the, like the whole situation, and basically I gathered that um, the girlfriend had to have left it there as a plant, like to freak her out or piss her off. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know. That's just what I think. And that's what I told her. I was like, she definitely just left it there because um, there was this whole discussion about it, and oh like they told um, her brother-in-law's mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a, a big situation and i, I like said, this girlfriend <laughs> and i i thought like this whole time i was like well now i know what to write about this week <laughs> oh that's so funny and i thought it was a really good opportunity to like flex my knowledge but she didn't care because i was like yeah so the satanic church or like the um church of satan is different than the satanic temple and well like she did not give a shit and like she was like this was my one opportunity to like actually have something to bring to the table at dinner (laughs) and she didn't want any of it no no that was taken away so i was like let me take this to the people that i know will care um, but yeah, so because of that, I am going to, this is going to be a two-parter just because there's so much, um, 
there's so much that goes into it i don't want to keep y'all here for three hours and the first part or i'm going to be talking about anton levey and the first part is just going to be kind of like a rundown of his life and i always think it's interesting how people come to be who they are so we'll start with that and then the second part of course will be all of the uh the boozy the boozy stuff like the rituals the the church itself the members so i'm so excited cool 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 all right so let's get into it anton levey was born in chicago illinois on april 11th 1931 which i don't know what kind of are you are you like thinking like what sign that would be yeah because my sister's birthday is really close to that i don't remember what she is you want me to look it up yes look it up please (laughs) (laughs) yes he was born on april 11th 1930 1930 as howard stanton levy that's his real name he's an aries Mm, okay I, I know nothing about that. So, no. um, <laughs> and Howard, Mr. Anton, his nickname growing up was actually Tony. So I will refer to him in, as Tony in some of these uh, at in some at some point here. Um, but for the, those of you who don't know, Anton Levey is known as the founder of the Church of Satan and authored the Satanic Bible, Satanic Rituals, the Satanic Mass, the Satanic Witch. The Devil's Notebook, and Satan Speaks. So I'm pretty sure we might see those books pop up on uh, my sister-in-law's couch (laughs) (laughs) once a week from here on out. Poor thing. (laughs) And they had just gotten done, like, talking about, like, religion and stuff, and she was saying how she prays every night. And after that, I was like, yeah, she totally used that as a plant. Like, that... Yeah, to freak her out. (laughs) For sure. Uh, so LeVay was also, er, yeah, was also a musician with three albums out titled The Satanic Mass, Satan Takes a Holiday, and Strange Music. <laughs> I know. Move over Mariah Carey. <laughs> That's what I'll be playing in Christmas. I'm just kidding. No. I Did you listen to them? No, I wanted to. I was going to, but I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I will yet. Maybe at your house. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so yeah as mentioned in this episode we'll dive into his early life to understand what comes later to establish himself as one of the most evil men in the world which i don't know i think that i don't know if he should have that title but that's just me so levey well levy at the time was born to michael joseph levy who lived to be 91 and gertrude augusta levy his maternal grandparents were immigrants of Russia, becoming naturalized citizens in Ohio. So pretty normal, pretty normal. Um, not too, not too weird going on there. Um, the family moved from Chicago to California, where Anton spent his childhood. His parents were not out of the ordinary, and they seemed to have tra- uh, treated him well. They encouraged all of his endeavors, especially when he took up music. Uh, LaVey claimed that he was with his mother when he picked up an instrument in a store and he automatically began to play it with ease. It may seem like this adds to like the nature versus nurture debate because like how can two encouraging parents create like the devil sidekick? Um, That's just what I kept thinking as I was reading about him and listening about him. Um, Oh, and the podcast Cults does an amazing job of going into detail onto LaVey's life. So I Ooh. used Cults and um, Wikipedia a little from there and Brita- because it was kind of hard. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of hard looking up um, 
information on his life because the the articles I did read, um, like all music, um, there was another one too that I can't find now. Um, they, oh, Washington Post. It was just like snippets, and they didn't really go into detail detail. So that's mm-hmm. should. Chicago with the fuck Colts <laughs> goes into like the nitty-gritty of these things so big shout out to them um I believe they used his written self-written autobiography uh for their episode um but what they also did was Paris psychology articles to support why LeVay turned out to be the person he was so it kind of made sense onto why like somebody who grew up with normal parents became the most abnormal person ever. <laughs> um, so with that, LeVay was an oddball as a child, to say the least. Like he described himself as peculiar, peculiar looking and like someone who had stuck out from the crowd. He would often fake doctor notes to avoid having to go to gym class because he wanted to avoid to be wanted to avoid being around all the other boys which i'm like you're nothing special i used to do that too i would do anything possible to get out of gym class yeah and i'm not leading the satanic church but anyways (laughs) but he never said he was an ugly child he was just different looking which he said like nowadays um he would be considered normal but back then because he was born in what did I say? 1930? So this would be like... I always forget that he lived in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. Like, I always think of him as a character that was around in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I was... Like, oh, he was around like 20 years ago. And I'm like, oh, wait. No, he was not. Yeah. Like- yeah. Back when... I don't even know what the fuck was going on around... Like, <laughs> the 40s. The 40s to me is just like, eh. Um, but at the age of 16... He started engaging with the opposite sex, much like any other 16-year-old. However, the girls he would wander off with would typically hide their affairs with LeVay, as they did not want their parents to know they were hanging out with a guy like him. As in, like, not very attractive. Well, I mean, a lot of kids kind of hide certain friends from their parents, so. Do you hide friends from your parents? I used to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like, coming from a small town, it was extremely hard to do that. But around this time, when LeVay was going through the growing pains of puberty, he describes a certain time when he was with a group of kids horse playing around. A young girl was wrestling with some others when LeVay got a glimpse of her panties and thighs as her skirt slipped up. And um, it was at that point that LeVay had developed a fetish-like attraction to pale light skin and blonde hair which is semi-important for his story because i couldn't find like i know it's in his book but i don't have his book um but he coins this term as like some acronym that's not backed by science at all it's basically (laughs) stating that there's a moment in someone's uh memory like an instance in someone's memory that creates like fetish like behavior later which I guess makes sense. I mean, we've talked about my thing for pale dudes with guy liner. Yeah, but like... But I didn't marry one of those. Yeah, I'm trying to like think because when I think about my fetishes, I can't think of anything as like that I went through as a child that I'm like, 
oh yeah like this is what like <laughs> left a lasting memory on me like i as a child never played with rope and you know like it just so i don't know but i do understand when it's like a traumatic event like um when serial killers get like beaten as a child mm-hmm. and then that becomes like their thing i understand that when it's wrapped in trauma but i don't think just casually seeing something or yeah experiencing something see so that's why i highlight like it's not backed by science like, yeah no psychologist is talking about this um what i think he means is just a moment in your memory where you or in your life where you, you say to yourself wow i'm really attracted to that like the first instance you realize i'm really attracted to this thing you know and what that reminds me <laughs> what? so when i was a kid i never understood the term hot like when i looked at stuff i'm like i don't understand what you mean by that's hot or he's hot or she's hot mm-hmm. and it wasn't until like just recently now when i was like thinking about the term because we were watching the new mandalorian episode and the guy i don't want to spoil anything but there's a, a salt and pepper dude that comes out and i was like okay this is like what hot means like it's only up until recently that i've understood like hot so, but I just remember so much as, like, a kid being like, what the fuck is hot? What, like, I don't understand how to <laughs> apply that. So, I know that was kind of a weird tangent, but. <laughs> no. Well, I guess for him, it'd be like, that's hot. Like, that was his that's hot moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just way younger, I guess. But. Yeah, but people usually, I don't hear people saying hot a lot. Actually, yeah. no. I did hear Gabriel say that the other day. Not about me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was eavesdropping on his phone conversation because he talks so damn loud. He was talking about he was talking about the comics, like there's a bunch of new like hot chick or comics that are that suck but they're hot and like like (laughs) listening in. (laughs) So on that or like leaving that note, we've strayed. Um, But don't we always? I'm sorry if you guys hear anything. My neighbors are playing with their stupid. Uh, what what the stupid little bikey things the four wheels four wheelers four wheelers yeah four wheelers oh let me see if i can close my i can't hear anything oh okay then keep going i thought you were gonna say stupid kids (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um (laughs) So, it was super beneficial for Colt's podcast to pair psychological articles from um, Psychology Daily um, because it allowed listeners, such as myself, to understand, and now you, to understand his actions as an adult. LeVay had developed narcissistic tendencies from the experiences he had as a child. The feelings of isolation, being an outcast, and all of those desires, uh, all, all of that led him to desire fame and ties to celebrities in later like later in life. LeVay's education was cut short when he dropped out of school his junior year to add to, you know, those narcissistic tendencies later. And what do you think young LeVay or Tony at this time did after he dropped out? If you had to guess mm. what a man like this would uh, do. He probably worked at a morgue, a cemetery. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would think that too. But he or joined, he, or he did modeling or some shit like that. Modeling, he uh, was known to not be attractive. <laughs> like, well, if he's narcissist, he's, narcissist. Oh my god, I can't talk today. If he was full of himself, <laughs> yeah, he becomes that later. Like it all comes out. 
kind of more later in life. Like he is about 17 at this time. Um, but when he drops out of school, high school, he joins the circus. What the fuck? <laughs> LeVay claimed he left high school to join a circus and later carnival, car- like a bunch of carnivals. First as a uh, rustabout, did I say that right? Roustabout and cage boy in an act with big cats. Then as a musician playing the calliope, which I didn't know what a calliope was until I did this episode, but it's that um, kind of organ thing with pipes that are on wheels. Very old school. Like, I have to remind myself, this is back in the 40s. Like, yeah, this is in the 40s. What did those sound like? I don't know. I just imagine like carnival music. Like, that's how they played carnival music. I'm going to have to look that up. That's weird. Yeah, but he was a big fan of playing the calliope. LeVay later claimed to have seen that many of the same men attended both the body Saturday night shows and then the tent revival meetings on Sunday mornings, which reinforced his increasing, increasingly cynical view of religion. In the foreword to the German language edition of the Satanic Bible, he cites this as the impetus to defy Christian religion as he knew it. He explained why churchgoers employ, yeah, he explains why churchgoers employ moral double standards. However, journalist Lawrence Wright investigated LeVay's background and found no evidence that LeVay ever worked in a circus, either as a musician or a cage boy, which becomes a theme throughout the discovery of his life. But he did express talking about like his love for big cats which is <laughs> funny because we began the shit show of 2020 with big cats and tiger king um so this was like a, he was kind of spooky tiger king um like later he once he you know started getting more famous and getting all this clout he purchased a black panther that he i was gonna say yeah yeah. Um, and then after that, a lion that he would let sleep with his daughter. So like, what the fuck? Yeah, we'll get into that, like all of his weirdness like that later. But um, like in the next episode, but just wanted to give you um, give you some foreshadowing there. Um, in the winter of 1948, uh, LeVay became began to work as an organist in bars, lounges and nightclubs. His genius on keyboards helped him attain gigs. While playing organ in Los Angeles burlesque houses, he allegedly had a brief affair with then the unknown Marilyn Monroe when she was a dancer at the Mayan Theater. The Mayan Theater was like a burlesque, uh, Mm -hmm. burlesque, I don't know what you'd call it, show place club. Like a dinner show place kind of thing? Yeah. More like a club. Kind of like a, yeah, like a club. Um, Okay. Actually, I don't fucking know. I didn't even, like, think to look it up. <laughs> um, LeVay claims he met the bombshell when she was looking when she was looking towards stripping to make money. I guess back then it was described as burlesque. She was in the lowest point of her life when he met her, according to him. And their relationship flourished, uh, flourished so much that he moved into a small apartment with her. According to Colts, LeVay and Monroe had a fiery affair that continued throughout her life in letters through letters, even though after their affair of her working at the Mayan Theater, they didn't see each other again. But this is challenged by those who knew Monroe, as well as the manager of the Mayan, Paul Valentine, who said she had never been one of his dancers, nor had the theater ever been a, ever been used as a burlesque house. 
Perhaps he developed this fantasy because Monroe fit the description of his intense attraction to her physical characteristics. You know, she had the super light, thin, like, light skin and blonde hair. Um, Narcissists often make up grandiose stories to make them seem bigger than they are, which may explain why LaVey would make up such a thing about Monroe, assuming it's not true. Do you think it's true? Is there proof of the letters at all, or is it just... No, like, there's... Oh, that's a good... I don't think so, um... Because there's this one famous, I'm about to talk, I'm going to talk to him, talk to him, talk about him later. <laughs> there's a famous journalist that has been going through and like debunking all of these claims that LaVey had expressed in his life. Um, and he did extensive research and found nothing. Yeah, um, Tony sounds like an unreliable narrator. Yeah, but then also like no one knows what he would have been doing at this point yeah he was probably uh i don't know maybe starting to when did did he start writing at this point or did he start writing afterwards or afterwards okay um in 1950 though levey met carol lansing they married the following year when lansing was 15 years old what the fuck? Yeah. LaVey was 20 at the time. I don't know how Ew. that was legal, but the 40s. <laughs> or no, no, this was the 50s at this time. Uh, Lansing gave birth to LaVey's first daughter, Carla LaVey, born in 1952. Damn, so she's like 70, no, 68 now. Damn. In order to, which is crazy because I looked up a picture of her and she looks like she's 30. But maybe it was probably those pictures. But in order... Or sacrifice. Or sacrifice. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) In order to avoid the Korean War draft at the time, he studied criminology at City College of San Francisco. At the time, if you were in school and could not show... Oh, and could show you're making great progress, you wouldn't be entered into the draft. So that was his motivation for going back to school. Hmm. LaVey then attended a job as a photographer for the San Francisco Police Department, where he worked for three years. During this time, he described seeing the worst images humanity could offer. He claimed he could not understand how there would be a higher power who would allow such terrible things to happen. Because he witnessed bodies of children splattered on the ground by drive-bys, suicides, women who were stabbed up by lovers, and way more, he did not think there could be a god who loved its people and that would allow this to happen. He also dabbled in as a psychic investigator, looking into the 800 calls, referred to him by SFPD. These calls are the ones that people call in claiming they have seen like paranormal sightings, which was totally up LaVey's alley. He would investigate and find the true source of what was going bump in the night. When You think oh, they still do that? I don't know. Because I would want to be that person that listens to the right? calls. <laughs> side gig, side hustle. <laughs> I don't think so. Darn. I know. Um, when offering his findings to clients, he noticed they would be a bit disappointed that there were that there was a logical explanation for their call. When reading about LaVey, I kept questioning if he was just really smart for pacing what attracts attention and a sense of thrill 
together or if he truly believed all of these things that he preached about and wrote about because if he were in the circus he like would know what people were entertained by and he dabbled in magic like magic tricks and like he was known as like a magician like the black magician and things like that um yeah he knew how to entertain so i'm wondering if this is all kind of a uh, entertainment show in his mind yeah or maybe he went to like a circus once and he fell in love with it and he would like go routinely and he just learned yeah their acts and how they performed and such mm-hmm. and like what noticed who was in the crowd and kind of built his philosophies on that mm-hmm. later biographers question whether levey ever worked with the sfpd as there is no record substantiating the claim also Damn, so that might not even be a department <sighs> Uh, there was a man who worked at the San Francisco Police Department at that time who did the pictures, um, and he said that there was no man by that name or any wow. other names that worked with him at that time. Uh, during this period, LeVay was friends with a number of writers associated with Weird Tales magazine um, and other individuals such as uh, Clark Ashton Smith and he appears in Blanche Barton's biography, The Secret Life of Satanist. So during this time, he's already making connections with people who kind of like dabble in, in like the occult or who are very interested in it. Mm-hmm. And also around this time, LeVay purchased a home in San Francisco, which would soon become the first headquarters to the Church of Satan. The is that ho- the all black house? Yes, which yes. I think is so cute. <laughs> I love it. My dream is to have a black house. I want one so bad. In that like Victorian-y style. Ugh. It looks pretty modern though. Like it Does looks. It? Yeah, it I looks. I haven't seen it in a while. It looks like a house that's like built here in Austin, honestly. It's 6114 California Street in San Francisco. Let me see. It's been a while since I've seen it. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I remember it looking a little more antique like, vintage but I guess not. Whenever you Google it, there's images oh, of other of, houses that come up. Uh, uh, can you see? I'm thinking of this Ye- one. Oh, yeah, no, that's not it. And that's not it. The home was... But yeah, no. Yeah, the home was once owned by a mistress who ran a brothel, though. Ran a brothel in that home. The old Victorian house had trap doors and hidden passages, which would accommodate LeVay's showmanship later. Um, The trap doors in the house was used for the ladies um, to rob their customers as they were being entertained. (laughs) (laughs) LeVay and Carol painted the house black and was soon known as the Black House, which I'm sure the neighbors were just so thrilled. Yeah, my HOA wouldn't allow that. Really? A Black House? No, definitely not. In the HOA, I will say it over and over again. It's a terrorist organization. Um, (laughs) I hate the HOA. (laughs) (laughs) Following LaVey's death, members of the Church of Satan unsuccessfully attempted to raise funds to repurchase the house, and it was demolished on October 17th, 2001. And a duplex now stands in its place. So I thought I would just add that snippet about the house in case you were interested in taking a little trip to san francisco you will not find it boo i know uh in his home he began holding friday night lectures on occult practices and gained a modest following 
He would speak about vampires, paranormal paranormal activity, and more. Basically everything we cover in this show, I feel like. And I can't help but, ugh, can't help to think that if you were born just a few like decades later, let's say like 1980 or 1993 LeVay would just be a podcaster like us I was just thinking that <laughs> kind of like be... last podcast on the left yeah like... <laughs> he'd be a Marcus yeah <laughs> the story goes on that on oh, I wanted to say this in German but I'm not going to say it um Walpurgis night on April 30th 1966 he shaved his head keeping his signature goatee quote in the tradition of ancient executioners and founded his church. Um, this night is like known to be the night where, um, I guess, like demons come out and like are like the veil is also thin. It brings on the spring, so the spring <laughs> season kind of thing. Um, there, I could have gone a lot deeper. There's a lot more that goes on to it, but I was like, no, I'm already like on page five. Um, so look it up. Um, it's pretty cool. But I think that's the opening pages of the Satanic Bible from what I read. I think it like it starts off with that. Oh, about that night. Mm-hmm. The Walpurgis Knot something dates back. Oh, yeah. yeah. It dates back to the 17th century German tradition in which sorcerers and witches would gather on the eve of May Day. There we go. However, this Satanism Central says the church was actually founded in the summer of 1966 as a, quote, business and publicity vehicle, and that LeVay actually shaved his head on a late-hearted dare by his wife. But, I don't know, I think he did do that on purpose. Um, like, it was a thought-out ceremonial um, yeah. practice. Yeah, shaving. Even though, yeah, even though it might have secretly been, like, a publicity vehicle. Um, but we'll get into that, like, in the next episode. Because um, okay. he did some things that were, like, publicity stunts. Okay. Um, however, it started... What? Oh, yeah. However, when it started, the gatherings became a great hit. LeVay began charging about $2.25 around that per person to enter to listen to his sermons or lectures. People would pour from the home, even attempting to listen through the windows. A lot of buzz began to start about LeVay, so much so that it caught the attention of a light-skinned, blonde-haired actress, Jane Mansfield. And that's where I'm going to leave this episode. Part two, we will get into the rituals, ceremonies, what happened to Jane, and the Rest of the booziness of Tony LeVay. Ooh, I'm excited. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you for the good intro. It was just a little intro. I just gave y'all a little snack size Snickers bar for this. Just the tip. Just, <laughs> just the tip <laughs> of Devil Daddy Anton LeVay. <laughs> you started Okay, it. conspiracy theory. What if, you know... By him selling his soul to the to Satan or whatever, he erased himself from like all his past. Like maybe he did work for the police department, but their mm. minds got wiped. And that's what he claims. <laughs> he claims that they expunged the records. Like they threw all the records of his history there out. Like to not create attention to themselves. <laughs> He's so wild. <laughs> He's a narcissist. He's so like and which I guess at the time would make sense, though, because it's not like the idea of a Satanist is positive. 
Yeah. I mean, he <clears throat> died around the time of, like, the Satanic Panic. Like, when it was, di- well, after the Satanic Panic. But I don't imagine it being very popular in the 70s, 60s and 70s. Yeah, even now, if you, uh, there's still, like, a big old nope, don't do that. I mean, obviously, um, my sister-in-law <laughs> was very happy about <laughs> the book being in her presence. Yeah, Matt wasn't pretty happy when I bought it either. He's like, Ugh. I'm like, I'm just doing research. Leave me alone. <laughs> I was like, whatever. <laughs> well, also, I mean, you're religiously, you're atheist, right? Or agnostic. Yeah, I don't believe in anything. So, yeah, yeah, so I think it's when you don't believe anything, it's like, oh, this is like unbiased. I'm just reading to read kind of thing. I did do some um, Googling. And do you want to know Aries traits? Oh, yes. Okay, let me go back. Okay. So, it's called 26 Cool Facts About Aries. Interesting and true facts. <laughs> and it's from AriesTraits.us. Or dot us. Um, they're the symbol of the ram. Their personality is unique, classy, and versatile. They have their very own set of strengths and weaknesses like all other zodiacs. Um, one, Aries is a little shy, but mostly stubborn. Two, Aries may come off as bossy. Three, Aries don't like the weak. Four, Aries do not like complicated things at all. Five, Aries don't like clinging, groveling, or excuses. I don't know, I feel like he makes a lot of excuses, but. Yeah. (laughs) Six, while walking, Aries is always one or two steps ahead of everybody. Seven, once an Aries is determined to do something, nothing can stop them. Eight, Aries have quick tempers. Nine, Aries does have weaknesses, but it is never it never stops them. Uh, ten, Aries will keep insults or any other pressure deep. Aries will keep insult or any other pressure deep down inside without showing any emotion. Aries are talkative. Aries have the ability to find the truth in any situation. Aries act now, think later. And <laughs> if you can win the heart of an Aries female, count yourself lucky. <laughs> These sexy divas are not an easy task. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's the source again? Aries traits mm-hmm. us. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is all about women. Where are the men? Ooh, but yeah, I guess there's your, some Aries facts. Funny. If you want to call them facts, I don't know. <laughs> Famous Aries men. Robert Downing Jr., Elton John. My love. Elton John? No. Robert Downing Jr. <laughs> Paul Rudd. He's my love. Seth Rogen. Y'all know I love Seth Rogen. Uh, Big Sean. I, I'm so, why isn't Anton on top of this list? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's uh oh, horoscope.com now has a quarantine horoscope for your sign. Ooh. <laughs> Today you will have unexpected Netflix issues and won't have anything to do this evening. <laughs> quarantine edition. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, but do you have anything else or is that it? That is it. We survived through this recording. We did. Hopefully. Oh, my God. Well, I still have to edit. Okay. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, please. 
all the good vibes. I don't want to do. It. I don't want to like do it again. It's okay. They'll be in Dropbox, so should but be okay. That is it, folks. We will catch you in part two. Well, we'll catch you yeah. Sam's episode next, and then part two. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm gonna go pelt some kids with uh, goodie bags. So and I'm gonna <laughs> get my makeup on for this evening. Mm. Yeah, get ready for Halloween. Be so spooky. All right, y'all. We'll have a great night. Stay boozy, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.